Welcome everybody back to episode two of Pro Sports Going Viral. I am here with Jamie Steyer. Hey, Jamie. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're stuck with me now. I passed the test. <laughs> oh, you did. Definitely. Well, this is Elisa Woods, and we are just here to talk to you about the, the last week of what's been going on uh, with all of the pro, pro sports and how they're handling the pandemic and how they are handling the bubbles and the non-bubbles and kind of how everything's working. Uh, if you missed last week, go back and listen to it because we just talk about how the bubbles are set up, how the tournaments are set up, how each of the different leagues, uh, at least the, the leagues here in the U.S. and Canada, are handling um, this pandemic. So let's jump right in. I think the big news is probably with the MLB. Yes, absolutely. So the MLB had um, pretty much the first big outbreak of any of the major sports since the restart um, when the Marlins had 16 players and two coaches test positive. So um, yeah, definitely got hit there. They are off until at least Monday. And then the Phillies who were the last team they played against are off until at least Saturday while they're awaiting their test results to come back. Um, Definitely a sticky situation there, especially considering, um, it is looking like it was not just one of those random occurrences. You know, you have a bus driver or something. Bob Nightingale from USA Today reported that, quote, at least one Marlins player went out while in Atlanta for their mm. July 22nd exhibition game. Mm. Uh, my obvious uh, solution there is that I don't think that any pro players should be allowed in Atlanta anymore after Lou Williams <laughs> fell prey True to the same story. Uh, temptation. True story. But, Were they at the same Atlanta strip club? Well, I mean, who could resist those waves? <laughs> I know. I hear they're the best. I hate to admit that they actually look excellent, but... <laughs> <laughs> But the MLB obviously taking this extremely seriously. Um, They have changed some of their procedures, updated them a little bit. They are now making teams travel with babysitters. So they've got compliance officers that now need to travel with all of the teams. Um, They are encouraged not to leave the hotel except for the games. And they're now requiring surgical masks instead of the cloth masks for travel. So um, as far as the Marlins go, obviously it's a little too little too late, but um, it's one of those things where if this is an isolated incident, if this didn't spread to any of the Phillies, if this ends up being it for the season, because people realize how serious it is, you know, it, it could be okay. Assuming that none of them have more, severe consequences from it but obviously there's still so much to be seen before we kind of can determine how uh how serious the long-term consequences are from that so is this true or not true that they knew before they played the phillies that that some of them were sick looking like it's looking like that's accurate so um rumor has it that i don't I think that it's more than a rumor now, but I couldn't find like where the confirmation originally came from, but apparently there was discussion in like a group chat of whether they should play the game, which all of the reporters, everyone was looking at it like, this can't be true because there has to be something that's preventing that. But from what it looks like, there either was like a skip step in the procedure or, um, 
just something that really shouldn't have happened. But yeah, apparently there was knowledge that there was at least a couple people who were either potentially or confirmed positive and they went ahead and they played anyway. So I'm sorry, but if you're going to suspend Joe Kelly for essentially like 20% of the season for buzzing the tower, not even hitting somebody buzzing the tower and you like, you got to throw some, you can't just throw the book at Joe Kelly for that you also have to like you have to be equally as outraged for a situation like this yeah so here this is where i found it um it was that they already knew that jose arena would not be available because he had tested positive and then they decided to um Miguel Rojas says, we made the decision that we're going to continue to do this and we're going to continue to be responsible and just play the game as hard as we can. Um, You completely contradicted yourself there (laughs) because being responsible would be to not play the game. So um, definitely like one of the most bizarre things that came out of that was that, well, you had knowledge that someone tested positive when, you know, as much as you try to social distance between the different teams and, you know, theoretically in the dugout, you're distance from each other. You're all still playing together. You're all still walking by each other. Like truly, if one person tests positive, like there's going to be other people, like that's just the way it's going to go. And so they're trying to prevent it on the whole, but once it starts, it's like, it's kind of out of control. So it's, it's really, really wild right well I was watching a couple games just this last weekend and this week and I did notice a couple things that I thought were really interesting um there was one did I mention this last week I can't even remember if I mentioned this last week on the (laughs) podcast but Dexter Fowler no um, you text me about it okay yeah so he was playing right field caught fly ball for the third out of the (laughs) inning and turns around to throw the ball into the stands but there's (laughs) there's no one there (laughs) no one there right no one there so um I thought that was kind of funny uh and then there was another instance a same same person Dexter Fowler I must be watching him pretty closely but um (laughs) there was a, a pitch that bounced out of the catcher's glove and he goes down to grab it. Dexter Fowler goes down to grab it. He's up to bat. Oh, yeah. And the ump, like, stops can't him. Like, that. nope, you can't <laughs> grab that ball. He's like, oh. It's just so habitual. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's funny because you've got stuff like that where you're seeing how, like, different it is for them. And then you look at, like, on Wednesday – um had a nice little f-bomb dropped on air because joe reddick <laughs> popped out yeah and he screamed and right after joe davis was on the call i was like uh, sorry <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry like what that. do you say <laughs> right, right oh gosh the sounds of the ballpark in summer <laughs> and then we we were cheated out of a bench clearing brawl you mentioned the yes the joe kelly situation they had a benches clearing discussion i suppose where everyone <laughs> came out to meet and share some words right. with their masks on because right. didn't want to hey at least they uh at least they were a little bit smarter than the Marlins there. They're like, hey, you know, as, as mad as we are, it's probably not worth the, right. the sacrifice of a potential illness. So, hey, right. props to them. You got you to gotta <laughs> have the focus there to see through how ticked off you are. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I, I feel like with the MLB, we, we saw the Marlins – 
just how quickly like the virus could spread. Mm -hmm. And it really got me thinking about when this all kind of started with Rudy Gobert with the NBA. Mm -hmm. And so Rudy, Rudy Gobert, first of all, like touches everybody's mics as a joke, Uh, um, touches everybody's stuff. it was reported, you know, that he was touching mm-hmm. everybody's stuff in the locker room. Obviously, a much more like contact sport than baseball, um, basketball yeah. is. And yet, he, I mean, literally touched everything, and yet only one other person got the virus. really you know what i mean like one other person from his team got the virus but somehow the marlins spread this virus like so quickly in five days i mean what 18 plus people tested positive and so it's like i there's either there's just some some underlying thing and i don't know what it is there's either like the marlins are all like licking their hands and touching each other's faces or like what how I don't know do you have any thoughts on this well I mean my only thought would be like that we didn't know how it transmitted as well back when Gobert had it and so like all the touching and stuff like that seemed really bad then but now we know that it's less transmittable through like touching and surfaces and so maybe he like thought that this was so like funny and whatever but he wasn't going around from what i saw he wasn't going around like coughing on people that's you know? true yeah and but so were the marlins coughing on people i mean like we have more knowledge of how well this is yeah see it just i think what it just shows is how like absolutely stupid the marlins must have been okay. to have this okay. big of an outbreak <laughs> because i mean what it for me what it seems like is if i were to guess i would think that more people had went out while they were in atlanta and so several people in my head would be affected by going out and then spread it to other people i think that it's just less likely that there was just a single point of contagion from them and obviously that's based off nothing but speculation right. but that would be my guess of like how it spread that severely is that it was like three four people went out got infected brought it back and then they each infected another couple people it's just, like this is just ripe for conspiracy theories right my <laughs> oh my god yeah it's like but, it could be that or it could be that you know yeah, that's, yeah okay i'm not even gonna go there <laughs> but, <laughs> so the nba tips off tonight with the utah jazz and new orleans pelicans zion williamson is a game time decision like what but he left the bubble to attend family matters and mm-hmm. he w- re-quarantined should be back but has said that it's a game time decision so we'll I find out it's better just to set it up so that you're not like guaranteeing one way or the other at right, least right. it's like we talked about with the nfl last week it's like at least leave it open instead of guaranteeing one thing. right right and i mean i don't know that says to me that maybe he he was injured or sick or something but yeah anyways, it's like a cover <laughs> yeah. i mean zion williamson getting injured no couldn't be Say it ain't so <laughs> but anyway so they're playing tonight um and then the la clippers and the la lakers obviously everybody wants to see the lakers i mean maybe they don't but i think everybody <laughs> wants to see the lakers playing um and then 
um, on some more news out of the NBA on Wednesday, the, the NBA Players Union announced that none of the 344 players tested since July 20th had tested positive. So the yes. bubble is working for them. Yes. I saw a tweet that said the NBA has zero positives since July 13th. The NHL had zero out of 4,256 yeah. tests positive in 18th through the 25th. MLS, none in nine rounds, and the NWSL, zero positives during the entire tournament. Yep. And the MLS, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> much, I will say, MLS would be much harder to bubbleize the, ML, the MLB. True. I think. I Maybe think, I think you're right. No, I think they should have done it. Anyway, so the big news, as you mentioned earlier, was that Lou, Lou Williams was spotted at a, an Atlanta strip club during his excused absence. So he left to attend a funeral of a family friend, um, and he was spotted in a picture. Rapper Jack Harlow uh, posted a picture of him and Williams wearing, and so Williams was wearing a mask in this picture and then Jack posted the picture and then he took it down and said, Oh, sorry, that was an old picture. I was just reminiscing. To him. <laughs> but Eagle Eye spotters saw that he was actually wearing one of the NBA issued face masks yes. that he had gotten in the bubble. So good try. Um, but you were, you were busted. Uh, and, and in response, William said, ask any of my teammates, what's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta is ain't nobody partying. <laughs> he said like chill out or something. So, so he went there for the wings. He said there were no adult entertainers there. Uh, no dancers, just him and his buddies eating some wings. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, either way, first of all, they clearly know they did something wrong because he took the picture down and right. tried to cover. Second of all, even if you're going to get food, like it's one thing if you have a picture taken in like the lobby with a bag where right. you're getting takeout clearly, but like it's very obvious that it's all just a cover. Like even if you were a picture was taken of you sitting with friends at a restaurant while you're supposed to be out there, like you're not supposed to have contact with other people. Like it's all bad. Even your cover story is bad. Right. Right. All bad. All it's bad. just slightly less bad than going for strippers. Right. Exactly. So Lou Williams, Zion Williamson, and then the other player that um, had to quarantine again for 10 days, uh, Rashawn Holmes. So he accidentally went over the perimeter line because he had, food delivered and he apparently accidentally went over that <laughs> um, if it truly was an accident i like that they're at least sticking so strictly to it right right i don't know if i believe it but <laughs> <laughs> right all right so uh, i did kind of dig into what the 100 page document tells players because i know like in baseball you know the the pitchers don't spit on the ball you have mm -hmm. to take your own resin bag back um, don't touch the ball, all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to see really what that 100-page document told the basketball players. So don't spit or clear your noses, um, which is not a huge thing in um, basketball, obviously, because they're play playing on a court and you don't really spit on the court. Um, 
it's that's more of like a, a grass game type thing. Uh, right. So not a huge deal, but don't wipe the ball off with your jersey. You know how, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes there's a little sweat on it. You try and wipe it off with your jersey. They don't want you to do that. Um, don't lick your hands or touch your mouth unnecessarily. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, they do a little like warm their hands up or lick their hands or something like that to get a little mm-hmm. bit of a grip on the ball before they shoot their free throws. Um they asked them not to do that. No showering at the practice or game facilities, only back at your hotel room. Obviously not a huge, you know, they don't have to drive 45 minutes home and their sweaty clothes, but they're used to, you know, taking the shower and then coming out and talking to the media and stuff. No showering at the practice or game facilities. Just go back to your hotel room and shower. <clears throat> I did see that the, the barbershop was a big hit. I saw that. I've been watching JaVel McGee, uh, his video, and Danny Green did a takeover the other day. So JaVel McGee was getting his hair retwisted. Danny Green <laughs> got a lineup. They were looking pretty fresh. So the barbershop is a huge hit. And I think the barbershop's kind of cool. It's a cool opportunity for a, a young barber to come in there and mm-hmm. get a little bit of, you know, get a little bit of notoriety get the connections get yeah. the notoriety connections yeah. are everything when it comes to that though like if you give an nba player like a nice looking lineup if you can give them like <laughs> oh for sure looking braids like that's it like right. that's i mean you're traveling you're with them yeah so we are we we're starting the games tonight and then once the playoffs start the players will be allowed to have one guest but the guests have to self-quarantine. They have to be tested. Uh, the same t- type of protocol, you know, that, that everybody had to do when they get into the bubble. So it'll be interesting to see once the playoffs hit um, uh, who has their family, who, you know, has their significant others come, you know, who doesn't, how that all plays out. And, and I'll be watching some of the vlogs and stuff. And honestly, like, there have not been a lot of, media members allowed access to these players Mm -hmm. in the same way that the players have access to each other. So these vlogs that they're doing um, are really the best insight to what's going on in the bubble. Um, I know, I'm sure a lot of the other teams do, but the um, Milwaukee has a really good couple of sets of videos out that shows what it's like in their little bubble, you know, a lot of practicing stuff. And so that, that was a cool one to start watching this week too. Yes. Those are good. I, I watched, gosh, I don't even remember which vlog I watched, but one of the ones you were talking about, um, I saw Arnold post. It's so like, all right, oh, I'm yeah. here. I'm sold. I'm in, I'm watching it. So I'm, I'm not quite delving in as deep <laughs> as you quite yet, but it seems like I'm going to be getting there because it's only, only going to be more interesting as they keep going. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty good. So what's going on with the NFL? So the NFL, um, most of the big news from the past week, no new like procedures, nothing really major there, but the big stories have been players opting out of the season. So um, we've got uh, about like three big stories coming out of there. Um, The first one was the Chiefs, Laurent Dubonnet-Tardif, who has a medical degree. Um, he's been working as an orderly in a care home and has decided to forego the season to continue doing that. Um, basically, he was saying that if I'm going to risk myself doing anything, it's going to be trying to help others. And That's so, amazing. 
Um, I mean, an incredibly laudable stance to take um, for to give up, you know, the opportunity to be playing out there. I mean, a good player to begin with. Right. It's not like you've got like a bench player, like, oh, you weren't going to play anyway. <laughs> right. Like, oh, what a sacrifice. It's, I mean, a, I mean, it's a major hit to the Chiefs, but obviously it's, it's an incredibly commendable and to, to have been working throughout this whole thing to try and help people. Um, very cool. Um, really hoping that he continues to have good success there, keeping everyone safe, things like that. Um, another person who is opting out is the Eagles. Marquise Goodwin um, has a, has a young baby at home with his mm -hmm. wife um, and they've suffered child loss in the past. And oh, so yeah. basically he said, I'm not going to be selfish and risk uh, his quote was, I won't take the chance of experiencing another loss because of my selfish decision-making. I can't do yeah. it. And so he just said, I mean, there's nothing more important than his family right now. Yeah. So again, obviously a really tough decision. He's a great player. He is obviously in the camp that he would love to be playing again. All these guys are saying they'd love to be playing again, yeah. but it's just not the right decision for him and his family right now. Um, and then the big one was six players so far opting out for the Patriots. And Which, they're not tanking to get no. Trevor Lawrence, right? <laughs> they're not. Um, I liked the quote that, um, gosh, who was it? Uh, Patrick Chung said that apparently Belichick, super cool with it all, very understanding. And it's just so funny because truly I believe him. Like, I don't think that Belichick's a monster, but you think about like, the guy who you see on the field and then being told, <laughs> Hey, I'm not playing this year. Hey, I'm also not playing this year. Right. And having that like one after the other, after the other. And then obviously with a couple of big pieces, uh, <laughs> not with the Patriots anymore either. It's just like, oh, man, what yeah. in the heck is this team going to look like? I know. Honestly, like Trevor Lawrence was literally trending on Twitter the other day because people are like, oh, they're tanking so they can get Trevor Lawrence. Like, I saw someone was talking to like an unnamed NFL insider and the guy was like, Belichick's behind it. And they're like, what? He's like, I don't know how, I don't know why, but he's yeah. behind it. Like he's, he's pulling the strings. He, he always is. Yeah, he And that's just the reputation he has, like whether that's accurate or not that's yeah. always kind of the perception behind Belichick because that's generally the truth he's so. got something up his sleeve and he he took I, I don't know who I heard this on uh one of the radio shows but he, so he took Cam Newton as kind of this like good faith like yeah we're really trying yeah. but why didn't anybody else want Cam Newton right. you know what I mean like uh, I don't know if Cam Newton doesn't fare well this year and they have two wins and end up getting Trevor Lawrence everyone's gonna be like yeah Twitter told you so yeah yeah it's I mean and the thing is too that like there's people any like I said anyone who opts out like has a valid reason like yeah if you think that your sport is not if, if it's too risky, absolutely. But I mean, especially yeah. some of these guys, you've got Marcus Cannon, who's a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, 
Chung's got a pregnant girlfriend. His son's got asthma. His dad's 75. So it's yeah. like, okay, you know, this makes sense. But at the same time, it's just like, man, there's a lot of people who are in those kind of positions. So who else are we going to see? Right coming there's up there's time there's definitely yeah. time well and especially now that people have set the tone that it's acceptable to do this right, right. once you have some of the big names say you know we're not risking it yeah, then maybe not some of the little guys or yep. yeah maybe some of the people who have had a little bit more risk in the past things like that you know people who have good pr in general are the ones who are better to lead the charge because they're not going to have as many people, you know, throwing a bunch of crap at them and it makes it a lot easier for other people to step up and do it. So, you know, to have veterans, to have, you know, some of those well-loved people stand up and say, yeah, you know, like this is acceptable to say that you're not playing this year. I think it'll just make it easier for the others who maybe were on the fence. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, the- that's, that's pretty much the NFL. <laughs> That is the NFL in a nutshell. <laughs> the NHL announced this Monday, like you said, um, that they hadn't had any positive corona tests over the past week. Um, they administered over 4,000 tests to 800 players during that span, um, and none of them were positive. So the bubble is, is working out in Canada for the NHL. Um, they're going to each play one exhibition game this week, and then uh, the really meaningful games start on Saturday, August 1st. Uh, One thing that I thought was really interesting. So everyone kind of says that hockey is so much better live. And so since there won't be anybody there to watch these live events, they're really trying to kind of ramp up how the, the broadcast is going to be. So typically there's about 20 cameras that are used for any typical NHL broadcast, but this summer's tournament, there's going to be 32 cameras per game. Uh, you'll be able to see the game in all sorts of different angles, um, all sorts of different um, different shots that you'll be able to watch. So I think that'll be kind of interesting to watch that play out, that, that change um, that they took. Um, and also the, the play is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be three games per day. It's kind of like a March Madness style type um tournament that they're doing uh there there's going to be yeah three games per day start at noon eastern time what's what's the eastern time to this time i don't even know is it an hour two, an hour ahead hour? i don't One know hour? i think I it's know. like 11 I'm, here i'm absolutely terrible like my fiance makes fun of me all the time because i really have to google it every i know time. <laughs> I know. I don't ESPN. have a sense of direction. I don't have a sense of time. I know. ESPN always kills me too. Because survival like is always, very difficult. It's for always me. Eastern time, and I'm like, oh god, what is that here? I think that's eleven. I don't know. That sounds. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, could have like fifteen hours straight of hockey each day. So just a lot of sports about to be on. It's going to be pretty crazy. Um, I mean, NBC has a lot of um. Uh, USA Network, US TV. Oh, and and yeah, the NBC is like the NHL's mm-hmm. basically channel. So, um, thirteen. If you're around Des Moines, that's where you can ca- catch a lot of the action. And I mean, once we get started, we'll we'll see what's going on in the NHL. NHL. The the bubble is sounds pretty similar to to the NBA. Um, but 
I mean, obviously in a different area, but they're kind of doing the same types of things, you know, the, the golfing, the hanging out um, within their teams and stuff. Uh, one, one thing about the ice. So a lot of the, the NHL doesn't usually play this late in the summer. And as somebody who worked in an arena, I could tell you, you know, that the ice is a little bit different in the summer. It gets a little bit more choppy, um, just a little, a little more like slushy, melts a little bit easier. The humid weather kind of makes that happen. And so a lot of the players have expressed some concern about that. Uh, but the director of hockey, hockey operations said that he's confident it won't be an issue. He, he basically said like the real issue is when the doors are opening and fans are coming in, you know, oh. you hold it for the next person coming in after you. And then everybody's in with their body heat. So we don't have any of that happening that the doors won't be opening and closing. Basically like they won't probably won't have a reason to open a door a couple hours even before the game like you know everybody shows up and gets ready and everything and so those doors won't be opening and closing there won't be all the body heat in there so they don't think that that they they know for a fact i guess um that that's not going to be an issue so so it sounds like all the players are ready and and the ice is ready um and they're about to play awesome i'm excited for more sports okay uh, so another season started last week um, that I've been obviously following extremely <laughs> closely. The WNBA started play last week. Oh my gosh, there's been some really, really, really good games already. <laughs> um, I got to see my two teams face off already. I'm obviously a big Lynx fan for Bridget Carlton. And then um, our good family friend, Dan Hughes, is usually the head coach of the Seattle Storm. He's not there this year. Um, he was unable to join them in the bubble just because of um, at-risk factors. But um, obviously still a big part of the organization. So seeing those two play against each other, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who to cheer for. But um, the one of the things that I heard on a broadcast that I immediately text you about because I couldn't <laughs> believe what I just heard was the ref whistles have, this is so gross, they have spit bags Ew. because you have to blow a whistle with your mouth and they don't want your spit going all over so I really I really want to look into other leagues and find out if this is just a standard that um, I hadn't heard anywhere else which you would think that if one place is doing it like other leagues would have thought about that yeah but I I just I couldn't believe my ears. Can you imagine like I mean there's nobody there so you don't really need a whistle right can you imagine them just being like whoa 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 instead yeah, of like well, blowing a whistle <laughs> uh, actually that brings up a good point there are a few people there they the players are I mean they're a lot of them are mothers so a lot of them have kids there <laughs> yeah. young kids running around got like little um three-year-olds helping out with the ice baths and stuff <laughs> the WNBA's TikToks are very cute oh, nice. um the I think Phoenix was tweeting about uh one of the kids being their intern because he was helping with the cameras because he was so intrigued by it um i'm under the assumption that i think they must have allowed partners if they quarantined yes. because i know like megan rapino was there and i mean i saw oh, nice yeah i saw um like some husbands and partners with like the kids and stuff like that so definitely a little bit of a different situation for the wnba just given that um 
you know, their bops. And so especially if you have really young kids, either you would have had to opt out or allow them into the bubble. Um, so it's kind of fun to have even, you know, half a dozen spectators there. It's, <laughs> it's really interesting to have some people there and, you nice. know, you have the kids dance around, whatever. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing is that viewership on opening weekend was up 63% from oh, last wow. year. So having kind of that prime time main yeah. ESPN, um, I think there's a lot of factors that went into it, having it on ESPN, having it at a good time and having it be the first basketball to restart. Yeah. Um, huge. I'll be really excited to see if they kind of can maintain that momentum. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've, I've realized, like, I've really taken it for granted in the past. I would watch once in a while, you know, when we had people like Bridget Carlton playing, when it was yep. people that I personally knew. But I wasn't, you know, a religious consumer of the WNBA. I was always someone who said, like, you know, support them, support them. But I wasn't doing it mm. myself. And so here I am sitting watching them, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, basketball's back. And I'm watching them, like, how have I not been watching this <laughs> right. more closely? You know, when you're watching Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart play together, like how <laughs> is everyone not watching that? It's absolutely incredible. So I've definitely realized I was taking it for granted and I will not do that again. And I'm really excited to see that other people are kind of having the same realization. I've been choosing to find the very positive comments and I scroll by the negative ones, but it's been even <laughs> easier to find the good ones lately. Good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and we're trying to hook up with uh, maybe some interviews from, from the WNBA bubble. We might, too. we might have a couple ins. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right. So we, we heard from somebody from the MLS bubble last week. Um, and, and since the initial testing uh, in which, I mean, two teams had to leave, they had so many tests positive and that was 19 days ago now, I believe. And since then the league says it's performed over 7,600 tests without a confirmed positive. That's a lot of tests. That's a lot of tests. Like, whoa. <laughs> Let's get those for our school. 7,600 right. tests. That's <laughs> bananas. Um, so they're doing pretty well. The knockout stage has begun. There's eight teams left. Um, kind of to update on Sporting KC, who we talked um, with Carter last week from Sporting KC. They did win their first um, first round game in a shootout. So it was a close one. It was a late one and a close one, um, but, but they did do pretty well. And I was reading an article uh, from the LA Times and the, the LA midfielder, uh, Mark Anthony Kay said, basically like the biggest problem with the bubble now is like boredom. They can't leave the hotel property other than for training sessions and games. They rarely leave their rooms um, since they have to wear masks and practice social distancing what they do. He said, guys are really dealing with the mental part of it. They're away from their families and it, and that just doesn't get easier the more that they win and they have to stay there, you know, and right. I kind of juxtapose that with I'm watching some of these videos and, and it is a small um, chunk that I'm seeing from the NBA, but like they're in, they're in the pool and they're going yeah. fishing and they're going fishing, but none of them want to touch the night crawlers. They all <laughs> literally like everyone that I've seen that's, that's like, Oh, we're going to go fishing. Uh, they're like, 
those aren't alive. They're moving. And you're like, oh, I have to, I have to put it on the hook myself. Like, Taylor Horton Tucker caught a fish. Like, he caught a fish. He was not using live bait. He was, he was using little, you know, rubber bait. Right. But he caught a fish, and then he didn't want to, he didn't want to touch it. He made somebody else, like, get it off the hook, and he wanted a picture with it, but he didn't want to touch it. So it was pretty hilarious. It's oh, funny. Kaylin. Yeah, I know. It's really funny seeing those guys, um, you know, out fishing, but it kind of makes me wonder, is that is that just kind of the optimism that the NBA players have had, and is it, mm-hmm. you know, they're all kind of encouraging each other to get out? Like, is that not happening in that bubble? So I might, I might catch up with Carter and and see how um, things are going, and see if that's really true. If everybody's just kind of staying in their room and and not, you know, taking advantage of some of the things that Disney World is set up for them, which would yeah, be a bummer. You just, you just wonder like what the difference of the resources would be. It's like, yeah. okay, are they not taking advantage, or is it not offered? And if it's not offered, why didn't they figure it out? Right. And if it's not being taken advantage of why aren't they you know because there has to be an explanation because like you said they're both in bubbles so it's not like they're in completely different worlds but yeah that is very interesting and then uh speaking of soccer the national women's soccer league also had a a bubble tournament and they had an eight team 29 day tournament in salt lake city last saturday um and they didn't have a single player team official that tested positive and so the the quarantine bubble worked for them obviously just a day um but you know or i guess it was 29 days it wasn't just a day it was 29 days so i mean i feel like they set the precedent and now everybody else is is saying that this bubble works so bubble works but at at what cost to your your mental I don't know. Yeah, the logistical, the mental parts of it, like it's, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how different leagues are handling it. But it we can be done well. But it's yes, not it easy. can be done well, and we appreciate it. We appreciate them going out to there and doing it because we love oh, yeah. watching sports, <laughs> and we just we want everybody to be healthy, and we just have to juggle those two things of loving sports and wanting everyone to be healthy and happy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This is the second episode. Make sure to go back and listen to the first episode of Pro Sports Go Viral. Check out everything that we're putting up at Cyclone Fanatic. Um, don't miss a thing. I know that Jared has been talking to basketball guys out, out at the bubble too. So he'll, he'll have some updates on the bubble from the NBA this week. Um, check that out and make sure to subscribe, listen, all of those things, and, and give us a shout if you liked today's episode. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next week.